Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by GNB Organics. Bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to the May 19th Gardening with Cisco show. And uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. You can feel spring in the air. But don't forget to water your plants. Whatever you do, it is dry as can be out there. So, hey, I this show today... I have a guest coming on in just a few minutes, so I'll introduce him in a second. This show is dedicated to the memory of Beth Chattel. Beth Chattel is, was an extremely famous uh, gardener in England. She died in her 90s, and uh, I, you know, I lead garden tours around the world, and I led a garden tour to England, and we went to her garden. Well, it costs really a lot of money to have you know, super, super famous gardeners come out and uh, give you a tour of their garden. So she was, we set it up so she just would come out, say hi so we could meet her. She'd tell us a little bit about her garden, and then we were on her own. She came out to meet us. We were so enthusiastic and liked her so much that she kept talking and talking. She took us on a tour of the whole garden. It was one of my favorite memories of any garden tour I've ever done. She is one wonderful person, was, and uh, so kind and so nice. So a uh, uh, wonderful woman, and this show is dedicated to her. Hey, I want to quick say hi to everyone I talked to this week. All you folks that came to the Tuckwilla 18th Annual Backyard Wildlife Festival. Oh, was that fun. So I talked about butterflies, and I stumped a few of you with my tough, tough questions. A nice-sized crowd on one of the most beautiful days right along the river there at the Tukwila, um Community Center. That was wonderful. So thanks, everyone, for coming out. And I hope the person that won my Gardening with Cisco t-shirt is wearing it with pride. So... <laughs> And then all all those fun things with the Bellevue Botanical Garden, the big rocking out uh, uh, fundraiser there was so fun. I got to be one of the special guests. And I got to say that the Stout Pounders, the Stout Pounders were the, the group that played music during it. They are terrific, just terrific. And we, we got a tour of the place. They were. They have these saws. They were cutting a ten-ton rock into slabs. They they turned it off while we were there because none of us could have talked. But uh, pretty dang cool. So that if you haven't ever been up to Maranaco, Maranaco's up there, on uh, it's way up at the top of I ninety, not that far, like Fall City exit. That is an incredible incredible facility and that was one fun party so thank you for inviting me bellevue botanical garden and then uh all you folks at the aljoya from mercer island oh my gosh was that fun so first i gave a talk to the residents then as soon as i got done to doing that i gave a sold out talk to an audience that came in and i uh planted Two containers, so a shade and a sun container. What a mess I made. Oh, my gosh, they're never going to get that rug clean again. I felt kind of guilty, but uh, it was a lot of fun. That that 
Those two talks took three hours. Holy cats. But uh, not a person left an audience, so that was really fun. Hey, today, oh, tomorrow, pardon me, tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Kent East Hill Nursery. Just if you don't know where that is, it's at 11644 Southeast 240th Street in Kent. And uh, so I'm going to be there Sunday, May 20 at, uh, I, oh man, I didn't write down, but I'm pretty sure it's at noon. And I, or it might be one o'clock. You might want to check. And I promise I won't talk for three hours, no matter what. <laughs> hey, it's at 1 p.m. Sunday. Okay. Hey, and then I just a quick note. My, my good buddy, Nita Joe, is speaking at Malbec's and, uh, She's talking about, uh, you know, she wrote that great book, Grown Roses in the Pacific Northwest. So she's going to be talking about roses for beginners, and you'll find out which roses do the best in our area, which is really important. And she's doing a book signing afterwards. And my buddy Lisa Taylor is giving a talk on growing food at 10 o'clock, and then uh, Nita Joe is on at noon. So that's all on, uh, let's see, June 2nd. All right, so that must be a Saturday. I'm sure it is. Okay, well, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get Don Evans from Call Before You Dig. Call 811 before you uh, uh, dig on the air. He's a spokesperson for the program. Hey, Don, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Cisco. Sounds like you're busy. Oh, man, I'm staying busy as could be, but I'll tell you what, this is the time of year. But I've been gardening like a wildcat, too. And that's one of the reasons we want to talk, you know, because uh, I know that so many disasters happen when people dig in through a gas line, through an electric line. It happens a lot, huh? You are so very right. It's a pleasure to be here to talk about that. Uh, well, it's always great to have you on the show. Because the homeowner was digging. Well, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut right in there. So, no problem, no problem. I thought you wanted me to talk about how many damages were actually happening when the people are out there digging in their yard. Well, how many are? Is it, is, does it happen a lot? Well, um, it's the law in Washington State to collect damage data from uh, everyone that gets damaged and everyone that causes the damage. And unfortunately, uh, 29% of the damages that are reported are because uh, someone's doing a DIY project in uh, at their home, and they cut into a buried utility line without notifying 811 first. Wow. So now... What are the exact rules? How deep can you dig before you need to make a call to get your uh, home site located so you know where all the underground pipes are? Well, if you're a homeowner doing the digging yourself, you didn't hire anyone, you're doing the digging yourself, or you live in the, the property as a renter or a, you know, um, a guest there at the home, 12 inches is your limit. If you're digging 12 inches or less, you don't have to call 811. So we're not concerned about putting in the new flower bed or, you know, uh, some uh, a small vegetable garden. But if you're going to dig deeper than that for those large projects like a deck or a new mailbox or a couple of posts to put up uh, outdoor 
drying lines, give us a call. It's important. And it's so easy to give a call. I mean, you know. I, it is. All you got to do is call 811. You got to do it two days before you're going to do the dig, and, and that does not include weekends and holidays, right? Right, and the first day doesn't count. So you give a two full business day notice. That means, let's say, you call on a Monday. Monday doesn't count, so the two-day count begins Tuesday, and Wednesday would be the next business day, and those lines will be uh, marked, and you'd be ready to go on Thursday. Wow. So, and, and I should stress this, though. You don't have to just dial 811. You can do it online. Yeah, I saw and that. And never interact with an operator. Yeah, so that's quite simple. And so you send in the information online, and you get a confirmation back in your email. That's correct. Oh, that's great. All right, listen, I think we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk more about... Uh, more about how to do this and kind of understand what kind of problems can happen if people don't do it. So uh, right now I'm talking to Don Evans, spokesperson for the Washington State 811. Call before you dig. We're going to talk a little more about this when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco. Ooh la la. Back. Hey, we're talking to Don Evans from Washington State 811. Call before you dig. Hey, Don, what kind of, uh, what kind of things happen when people, what's typical uh, of when someone doesn't call and something goes wrong? Well, the typical accident in, uh, when we hear the feedback from the people involved is, I didn't expect to hit a utility line at that depth. Uh -huh. They think all utility lines are, are buried very deep. And the truth is, they're buried to spec on the day of installation, and that's what they're held accountable for with the law. But after that, all bets are off. That line could be at any depth, and this is the one that really surprises people. In Washington State, it's perfectly legal, legal to direct bury um, a cable TV or a telephone line. They can oh. be right on top of the ground and be a legal installation. Oh, really? So you could hit them with a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, but that's the law. And when people call or plan a job, a lot of them think, well, I'm only going to put in a post for a new deck or a post for a new fence. Everything's going to be deep, and that's just not true. So... Imagine cutting through your uh, cable TV and having to face your family. Because all their <laughs> that would do it. I'll tell you what, around. right there. <laughs> That's an emergency, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know I've... And not to mention the things that could, could really hurt you if you, know, there's, if you had to cut a gas line or an electric line. Uh, so yeah. It's a serious thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and there's uh, fiber optic lines. So you cut through one of those, you're going to pay a lot of money to get that fixed. Very expensive damage. That's correct. Yeah. So what about businesses? If, if you have a business come to your home and do work, is it your responsibility to make sure they called or is it the business's responsibility? It's the business's responsibility. I, I can't stress that enough. If someone comes to your house to do to do a service for you, uh, uh, a, a fence, 
or uh, landscaping, putting in a new irrigation system, if they tell you, uh, I've got, here's your bid, but you have to call 811 first, you can do it. We'll take the call and everything will go in motion. But if something were to go wrong, the person digging in your yard would not have their own dig, uh, dig ticket and the liability would be 100% on them. And I'm the homeowner. Mess. Oh, yeah. And the homeowner is the one holding the ticket, even though they weren't doing the digging. So. Uh-huh. Uh, The 12-inch exemption does not apply to businesses. It only applies to homeowners. I see. So So if you're a business digging in someone else's yard, that exemption doesn't apply to you. Okay. So so if only 29% are uh, problems where homeowners cause them, then business must be uh, hitting a lot of lines out there. Not as many as they used to, but still the damages are high. And here's the scary part. When a business does hit a line, we're still looking at almost 40% of the time they were digging in the blind. They didn't call 811 first. Really? And that makes no sense to us. It's a free service. It's like getting a free insurance policy. And all you have to do is call 811 or go online at callbeforeyoudig.org and click on the state, and if you're a homeowner, you click that button. If you're a contractor, you click that button, and you can do your ticket online. So it's not like it takes a lot of time and effort or cost you anything, but you get those lines marked, and uh, you get the peace of mind and the safety that comes with it. Yeah, that just I can't understand why a business wouldn't do that, or a homeowner. You know, I know there's that you don't want to wait two days. You got everything. You realize, oh, it. I didn't call. You know, I got the postal digger right here, and uh, yep. but it's yep. worth it. Boy, yeah, they're trying to cut corners. Yeah, no, I could see that. So, it, so it's totally, absolutely free. The whole service eight one one. That is correct. If a homeowner calls in an eight one one ticket and the utilities come out, they're only going to mark the lines that they own. The utility company owns the line from uh, where the service connects out in the street Uh to the meter where they start billing you. So if you have lines in your backyard that are going to your private, you know, barbecue or your hot tub or your shop, those lines belong to you. And if uh, they're in jeopardy, then you have to call a private locator and that'll cost you. That's between you and the private company you hire. But so that would be, let's say lines marked to the front or free. So I see. So only in the front. So in the back garden, if you saw so you might have had gas lines put into your grill, something like that, you got to cover that. You got to call for a private locate. Yep. Those gas lines belong to you. That's another common misconception. If you buy a house and all that stuff's already there, homeowners just assume, well, that oh. must be, you know, the gas line from the gas company or that oh, power yeah. must have come from the power company. But those are private lines, and you have to get those marked separately. But if they're in, doesn't cover that. If they're in the front for some reason, those would be covered then. Yes. In almost every case, think of your utility comes from somewhere in the street through your front yard, and it's connected to a meter or a box at your house. Those are the ones that get marked by 811. Okay, that's good to know. Well, you know, I mean, I... It would be horrible to ever, you know, hit anything because it's going to, you think you save time by digging, (laughs) but if you hit something, 
you know, before you call, if you if you dig first, it's going to end up taking a lot longer and cost you a lot of money. So uh, I think this is You're a really important right. interview. Well, well, thank you. Well, Don, it's always great to talk to you, buddy, and uh, I hope uh, everything goes great for you. You get out there, do some gardening now. I'm going to go out there right now, and it's always a pleasure, Cisco. Thanks for having me. Hey, great talking to you. Don Evans, spokesperson for Washington State, 811. Call before you dig. It's the smartest thing you could do. It'll save you a lot of heartache and maybe some money, and that can even protect your health. So don't forget to do it. All right, Don, thanks again. Hey, we'll be right back on 97.3 Cairo FM. By, by the way, I want to say... Uh, uh, all the lines are open. I'm running solo here from here on, so please feel free to call in with your calls. one 973 1-888-973-CAIRO. Right back after this. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Okay, welcome back for the second half of the show. Hey, let's go right to the phones. Pat and Linwood, uh, what's happening, Pat? Hey, Cisco. Hey. Um, speaking of digging, I've got uh, rabbits digging under my fence. Oh, la, la. Uh, in my yard, and uh, it, this is a new problem for me. I've been here 20 years, never seen a rabbit, and I've got them in my yard, and I haven't um, planted my flower garden yet. So I was wondering if you had an idea of what rabbits eat or don't eat. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, even if you know what rabbits typically don't eat, if there's not a lot of food around, they start eating whatever they can find. They are so bad. I just thought, I've I've got them in my neighborhood for the first time since I've lived there 30 years. I don't know what's going on. They're everywhere. I just talked to a friend the other day. They ate all her vegetables. Oh no! Yeah, just wiped them out, you know, and um, they're pretty tough, you know. They they and they'll go for a lot of different kind of flowers. Now, you could go on the web and just put in rabbit-proof plants or something. And it'll give you an idea, and you'll have a better chance if you go with uh, flowers that they recommend. But it's not enough. You either you're going to have to spray something to keep them out of there, or the ultimate uh, defense is buy a wiener dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say that. I can't resist. I get so many emails from angry people going, quit telling people to buy a wiener dog. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the sprays do help. Oh. And, you know, uh, I know I, I don't know which sprays work the best. So you'd have to experiment a little bit with them, I think. But uh, you spray them right around the garden, or, or yeah, uh, I think uh, you spray right on the plant. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and uh, some of them are stinky, but <laughs> once they dry, then they're you don't even notice them. But but I gotta warn you, you know, whatever you use, uh, you gotta make sure you do it a little more often than they recommend on the label. Because if it wears off or the rain gets it off or, you know, whatever happens, it only takes one night if a bunch of rabbits get in your garden to do quite a bit of damage quick. So, 
Well, you, I do have a lot of grass, and you know, I see them eating that right now. Yeah, they and, love grass. They eat grass all the time. Do they prefer that to flowers? I wouldn't say so. It depends okay. how much the flowers cost. If they're really expensive, <laughs> then they like those better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, a yeah. fence does work, but it has yeah. to go underground a little bit. Yeah, you know, I had been putting some rocks along the fence. I found a hole where they were digging, and I kept putting rocks, and they would dig under the rocks. So I finally I got some chicken wire and buried yeah. that down to like eight inches. Hey, that'll help a lot. That'll it, stop. It really did. Unfortunately, I found I found digging, and they couldn't get through. But it, the digging was on my side. So oh, I trapped them. Oh. On my... oh, they couldn't get out. You yeah. trapped them in the restaurant. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's really tough, these doggone. Yeah. And you know that every female rabbit can have 18 young a season. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, they, they that uh, reproduce like rabbits is the real thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe the cities should uh, get on top of this before it gets out of control. Yeah, you know, I, you know what they should do? They should have one day a year they... They could just say, okay, you can let your dog run wherever it wants. Nobody put your dog on a leash. Leave him out at night. Yeah. And, you know, but there are a lot of coyotes around. There, There's a lot around my house near Sandpoint oh, Golf Course, uh-huh. and I'm sure they're eating a lot of them. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, I see hawks going over every once oh, yeah. in a while. I wish they'd come down to my yard. Yeah, well, you know that. The, and... Uh, that's the thing. Uh, rabbits are so dumb, they're out during the day. You mm-hmm. can throw a rock at them, they don't even run away. Yeah, I, I shot a pine cone at him with my uh, slingshot, and it just, you know, he was like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> yeah, they're, they don't seem to be very scared, so there is a good yeah. chance eagles and hawks are going to get a lot of them. Yeah, but, that would be great. But I'll tell you, something that can have 18 young in one season, and you see how many of them are out there, yeah. You know, that's not going to solve the problem no matter what. So we're all going to have to be on our toes. I got my new puppy, Izzy, and uh, I, you know, I'm going to start sleeping with the back door open so she can head right out there if there's somebody causing trouble out there. But uh, my front garden is filled with, you know, rare and unusual, really expensive yeah. plants. And if a rabbit wrecks that, I'm going to be so mad, you know? Yeah. You know, you know what is really weird. Uh, wouldn't you know? I had a pet rabbit when I was a kid. <laughs> this, I, you know, and I didn't take that good care of it. So I think this is karma. Uh-oh. I'm causing this trouble for the whole city now. You know, that's got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks very much for the advice. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Keep me posted. Okay. We'll do. All right. Bye, Pat. Thanks. All right, bye. Okay, thanks for the call. Okay, hey, listen, I think we got time. We'll go to Sherry in Federal Way. Hey, Sherry, how's life going? Ah, Cisco, I have a prehistoric dilemma Uh for you. Okay. So I live in Federal Way near Dash Point on the water, so I'm very mindful of not using any chemicals um, in general. Uh, We bought a house uh, almost two years ago that had a lot of horse. Tail oh. in the backyard. Yeah, horsetail. Woohoo, right? <laughs> There's nothing so here's worse. The deal. Oh my God. It's like it's it's 
it's an invasion. So uh, horsetail is everywhere. We started pulling it, trying to pull it up, and then I read that's the worst thing you can do because it sprouts more little little growth. And for the last year, we covered it with heavy, dark plastic and um, bricks, thinking if we deprived it <laughs> of water and sun that it would kill it. But um, you've got to help me. I don't oh. know what to do. How do you get rid of horsetail? Well, let me, t- let me tell you two things. One is that uh, if you have horsetail in your garden, it means you were bad in your last life. Number two is that I worked at Seattle U, directed the grounds care for 24 years, and we never got rid of the horsetail. We never right. even put a dent in the horsetail. The only thing, we hid the horsetail by planting really tall, thick shrubs, evergreen shrubs, and, uh, and perennials that grew tall. And that way, we only had to weed the key gardens that were right by uh, doorways to buildings and things. Now, there's been a lot of things people say work, like knock them down every time they come up, you know. Doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. Doesn't even put a dent in them. Doesn't matter if you pull them or not. They don't care. They're just going to come back. The first stage of horsetail... That looks like asparagus that comes up in spring. Those are the sporulating ones. So trying to knock those down before they sporulate might help a little, but not much. And uh, the other ones, you know, they they spread vegetatively, and they just spread like the wind. So uh, my friend Ann Lovejoy did experiments with straight white vinegar on them, and it knocks them back. And I suppose if you did it enough— Eventually, you might get some kind of control, but uh, we tried it a little at Seattle U, and it came right back. So that doesn't work. Really, no chemicals really do work. The only yeah. thing, the only thing I ever heard of that worked was a person who had the patience of a thousand camels. They actually <laughs> shot each horsetail with a hypodermic needle with uh, Roundup mixed as you normally would mix it. They shot every individual horsetail. And uh, that evidently worked. Oh, my gosh. Can can you imagine? (laughs) Well, don't don't they run, like, long horizontal roots throughout the ground? Yeah, and they come up from those. And uh, But I worked with a gardener that got so fed up in this one bed... He dug down four feet deep, sifted the soil, and put it back. And guess what was the first thing that came up in that bed? (laughs) (laughs) One little piece is all it takes. And I can give you one one thing to feel better about, and that is that if you did live in prehistoric times, horsetail grew (laughs) 90 feet tall and you could you could get stepped on by a brontosaurus while you were out weeding, you know. So at least you don't have to face that. But so my uh, husband is convinced that keeping this black plastic on it is going to—is it just like forget it? It's not worth even well, trying. It, I, it might if you keep it on there long enough. It might starve it out. I will quickly. I have to run pretty quick, but I'll tell you a quick story. We did do something at Seattle U that worked, but I don't know if you want to do this. But uh, we had a bed 
And my gardener that was taking care of it hated it because somebody had planted roadies on the west side of the building. They got cooked. It was full of horsetail and morning glory. And so she came in just like, I can't stand it anymore, you know, and we know all the time. I said, all right, let's get everything out of that bed. We threw it all in the dumpster because you can't, if we'd have moved it to a new bed, we'd have moved horsetail with it. And yeah. we, we planted a lawn. We mowed that lawn every week for two years. After two years, she came in and she said, you know what? There's not a sign of horsetail or morning glory in there. So I said, if you want, just take the corners and make those gardens to see what happens. Well, it never came wow. back. So we ended up making that whole bed a bed again, and it, it worked. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure how long it would take if it works in all conditions. It's a tough one. Do, do here's, you think it's here's, true when you pull them that, the, um, that that makes more of them? Nah, I don't think so. I think you're going to get more no matter what you do. If you don't pull them, they just make tons of food and they make more. Ugh. So, but uh, the best advice I can give you, move during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not much help on this one, Sherry. You can hide it in areas where you don't want to see it with things like tall-growing rock rose. Uh, it's called Cystis uh, purpurea. That's a great one. Wait, I I have to say those run. again. Can you repeat those again? Yeah, Cystis purpurea. That works really good at hiding it. It'll survive under there for years, but you'll never see it. And it's a beautiful shrub that blooms all summer long. Nice. Take Check that out. Okay. All Love right. You. Hey, thanks, Cisco. Love ya. Hey, thanks so much for your call, Sherry. Bye-bye. Hey, we'll be right back. We got uh, open lines if you want to call in. The first person, I'll guarantee you'll get on. 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. All right. I think we just have enough time to take a call from Susan. Hey, Susan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Just great. Thanks. So I'm wondering if it's too late to cut back my phygelias. I have these long woody stems with little tufts of leaves and flowers at the top. Ah, uh, yeah. I know how those do, though. <laughs> a lot of times, that's what those cape fuchsias, we call them, or phygelias, they get all just the leaves way at the top. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in great shape to cut them back. Now, it'll, it'll delay okay. the bloom a little bit. But, okay, I don't care. Oh, yeah, who cares? It looks like and, something from Dr. Seuss, and it's just like, you know, it's kind of ugly. Have you seen that one uh, called Passionate? No, I haven't. Oh, it's got oh, is purple. That the one with the dark foliage? Yeah. And, yes, I have. And there's a dwarf one and a big one, I believe. And uh, I've got oh. that in a couple spots in my garden. I just whacked the livid tweedle out of that a few days ago myself, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. But boy, the hummingbirds love them. <clears throat> oh, God. Oh, do you know the red one, like a true red? Because I've seen some that say they're red and they're kind of a not really red. Yeah, well, there's a million colors. You know, the very original one that was uh, just, it just was the, the standard species. That uh -huh. one was just as red as could be. And, uh, oh. you know, you don't see that one very often because, you know, everybody wants these hot new magenta and... Uh, 
oh. yellow and all those other colors yeah. that are coming out. You know, you know the only mm-hmm. problem, and I wonder if you have it with Fagelius, is that it sends those doggone underground stems and comes up. It just it doesn't take over your garden, but the shrub gets bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> over time. Yeah, I have not encountered that because it's not quite in full sun, so oh. I think it's being held back a little bit, which uh, is actually fine. That could be. You know what? You know what's interesting. The name Fagelius means flee from the sun. Flee from the sun. Yeah, and so when you see it in South Africa, up in the Drakensberg Mountains, it it is always in a shady spot. uh, But they don't bloom as well in the shade here (laughs) because we don't get the heat they get there. Oh, right, yeah. But I just, okay I just, chat, so. I just dig around it and cut off all the roots that are going uh-huh. through and pull out the, pull out the little plant coming out of the ground by the ears, and they got roots and on them. You can give them to enemies, a friend; right? they grow. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, cool. but they're a great plant. You can't go wrong with them. You can run them over with a garbage truck, and they just go. Oh, that felt good, you know. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, they're tough. So I'm not worried about cutting it off. How 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 far down can I cut? You can cut it down to two inches from the ground if you want. That's okay. where I cut mine. I will do that. And if it dies, um, you can buy me a new one. If if it dies, tell everybody somebody else gave you this advice. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, his name is Cisco. Oh, uh, he's from California. His first name is Sam, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, good luck, and uh, yeah, you know, I think if you go to nurseries, they'll know if they can still get you that pure red one, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll ask. My favorite nursery knows me, so. Great. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for your call. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so uh, hey, everybody, I want to remind you that uh, it has been dry as can be out there. It is really getting dry. So if you aren't going to let your lawn go dormant, you better water it soon and be watering those plants that need it. You know, maybe not your lavender and things, but other plants definitely need a drink. All right, everyone, it's going to be a nice weekend, good one to get out and garden. I hope I see a lot of you at the Kent East Hill Nursery. I'll be there tomorrow at 1 p.m. Looking forward to seeing that nursery and uh, having a good time giving a talk. We're going to give away some cool plants. Brian, thanks so much. Great job today. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Enjoy the weather. Don't forget to eat your Brussels sprouts, and we'll see you next week.